Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. So, hey y'all, this is Danny J. Right before we jumped on, this thing counts us down, five, four, three, two, one, which reminds me, this person I really, really, really love and also really don't like because of this concept, <laughs> and you know who I'm oh, talking yeah, about. I do know. Um, and why am I forgetting her name all of a sudden? Because I'm trying to Google it. Um, uh, Mel, 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 yeah, Mel, I'm like, <laughs> Mel Gibson. I was like, <laughs> Mel Robbins. She's fucking fantastic, but her whole five, four, three, two, one just does not work for me. Does not. <laughs> I'm like, take that garbage and like, I'm sure it's changed people's lives, but I literally, if you don't know, she wrote a book. I don't even know what it's called. Is it called five, four, three, two, one? I'll have to Google her book. I don't know. She has this book and the whole concept is that if you don't want to do something, you just count down five, four, three, two, one, and then you do it. And I'm like, that that's the entire thing. Just, just doesn't work for me. And it is an entire book on that whole philosophy. And I think she's really fantastic. But that, oh, it's called the five second rule. I'm like, no. You know what? It actually used to work for me. I remember that. Like I, before I even heard of her talking about that, I remember mm -hmm. when I was in my early 20s and my first personal training client was at 5 a.m. So I woke up every morning at 4.15 and I would. I would lay in bed and I would literally go, okay, get up. Five. And I would count down from five and I would get out of bed and I would just do it. I don't know how to work that now because I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not as disciplined <laughs> as I once was, was in my twenties. I was going to say you had a 5 a.m. client waking up 4.15. I'd be like a 5 a.m. client waking up at 4.57. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But I've tried it. I've definitely done it. And I'm like, okay, maybe like the eighth time I do the five, four, three, two, one, it works on myself, but not the first so anyway. she's she is great though her stuff is really good I mean yeah concept, but it was so simple right and that's yeah. why like she just blew up because it was it really was like so simple I actually really like her um her story was about she was depressed and mm -hmm. like she was like literally couldn't get out of bed and that was like that one yeah. day where she was just like all right I'm just gonna count it down and get out yeah. and then that's how everything kind of spiraled from there being able to get out of bed and whatever and she's very much all about like you know radical responsibility and you know all that kind of stuff but um, yeah yeah, I hate that concept of hers, but but I love her. And actually, one of the reasons that we're going to talk about this, this topic is she's very authentic. She shares a lot of struggles. She shares kind of what she's been through and how she's gotten through it. And even in the midst of something she's going through, I've seen a lot of things over the years. And I'm always really impressed with her, how real she is and just kind of chill down to earth, especially as a woman. She's not like your uh, typical, like pretty, like dressed dressed like a female I don't know like she she wears like chucks and she's cool and she's just she's she's unique and quirky and not like a typical I don't know female celebrity influencer kind of person so I really appreciate that about her and we're going to kind of talk about just uh authenticity and sharing so I don't mm -hmm. know Jill had a tweet yeah. she wanted to share well, I think this is a, uh, like a larger conversation around authenticity and what that actually means in the context of I feel like relationally, maybe online business, maybe social media, maybe in your relationships, 
I think that I want to talk about authenticity because to me, when you own, and I think so much of authenticity is really about owning both your strengths and your weaknesses. And that was sort of what the tweet was about. It says, ownership brings options. The most confident people I know are also the most open with their struggles, insightful about their lessons, and unapologetic about their humanity. If I say it first and simply own it, it dissipates all potential shame or embarrassment. And, you know, we've talked about this a little bit on the on the podcast before, this idea of, and obviously you guys know, like our first two episodes of this podcast were us sharing about our ex-husband's infidelity. And there's something about that sharing, and this is really like, I guess, Brene Brown's work is that shame can't survive being spoken. And I know for you and I, you know, that was like the the main emotions were like embarrassment and shame and, um, you know, just like just feeling literally just embarrassed, right? And so like, I we went from not being able to even tell anybody about infidelity to year, a couple of years later, telling, you know, hundreds of thousands of people on this podcast. And so, but I think, and I can speak for you too with this, is there's a catharsis that happens when you do just admit the very real issue or the real, very real concept that you're a fucking human. And I think as I've gotten older, I don't really believe that anyone has it figured out. You know, I mean, I think there are pockets and there's times where you feel in flow and there's times where things feel aligned and there's times where you're really good at something. But when I look around and I see someone who has like a quote unquote perfect life or they're they're portraying perfection in some way, I don't trust it. And it's not that they're not great or whatever, but I remember actually sort of being there. I mean, I think early in my, you and I have talked about this a lot, our sort of history with perfectionism. I think in my 20s especially, and even in the early years of Jill Fit, I, I couldn't let anyone see me sweat. I was just like, I have the perfect relationship, and I do everything in my health perfectly, and I, you know, I'm always, I'm always perfectly put together and, and whatever. And I think that's, an, that's a young person thing for sure. And I think as I'm getting older, I'm kind of just like, I'm confident in who I am, but I'm also confident in who I'm not. And mm-hmm. I think that when you, when you come to terms with who you're not, and you're okay with those shortcomings or the humanity of that or you know your weaknesses then you can show up fully to me someone who's authentic is they're confident and they're also humble at the same time they know that they don't have all the answers they know that they're not perfect and they also don't expect it from themselves and i feel like that's just a much kinder way to live even just for me personally you know no, no matter what it sort of perpetuates in the social media sphere or whatever this idea of like oh this person has it all together I think there's something really nice and real about someone who, and you and I got this, we actually asked on our podcast, like, hey, if you had to describe the best life in one word, what would it be about our brand? Because we just did a brand photo shoot and people were like, real, Mm. honest, real, honest. We just kept getting those words. And I think there's a misconception that when you're too honest about your shortcomings, that it's, it takes away from your credibility. And I just haven't had that experience. I don't know about you, but I think that's the fear is if I let people see me sweat or I show, you know, cracks in the armor that people are going to somehow think less of me. And in my experience, that hasn't, it's been the opposite, actually. I agree with you. I have, I've had a lot more people relate and and thank me for sharing something when they found out the struggle first. And I, I do think some people have things figured out. But generally, when people figure something out, it's because of the mistakes they made before that 
figuring it out. And so I think it does an audience or other people a disservice to not share the backstory because there are like, I think about people who are very successful, like Alex Hermosi making $100 million, but he has a crazy story. We got to have dinner with him once and he was telling us like how he was almost bankrupt. We're going to bankruptcy lawyers. And hearing that story made me respect him even more rather than thinking he's coming off as like, yeah, I just figured everything out and I know how to make money and I never struggled. Or let's say someone like you share with Moderation 365, you always share your story about your body image struggles. And if you came out with just like, hey guys, just eat moderately. It's so easy. My body looks like this. And it would just be like, I would have a hard time if I was a consumer and maybe even a friend, I would have a hard time looking at you without being like, what does this bitch know? What She doesn't know anything about anything because she hasn't shared in my struggle. The reason I have respect for all of that is like, I know you've had the struggle and I know you've worked through it. And so I think a lot of times we feel like we have to act like we ha- have it figured out. And maybe you do have some things figured out, but you have to go, if I do have it figured out, what did I have to go through to get it figured out and share that backstory? Mm. I think sometimes we want to gloss over the backstory because we don't want people to know that we struggled to get there. But that's the piece that I think is the the trust. That's where trust is built. And that's also where belief is built. I believe someone more when they're like, yes, I do have it figured out, but this is the reason. I had all these pitfalls and all these things. So I went through that. I know where you're at. And here's like the, the path to get there. Mm-hmm. So- I love the like sharing your strengths and sharing your weaknesses because I think it makes you more believable, more trustworthy, and quite frankly, more of a human being. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this because I think all of us have had this experience where maybe we're scrolling on social and they're like someone's kind of a train wreck. Like, you know what I mean? They're kind of like in the thick of it and they're maybe sharing like screenshots from their ex-boyfriend, like on Facebook, I feel like it's more of a Facebook thing. But like sometimes you like are like, wow, to me that doesn't instill a level of trust though. Mm. It like kind of instills like this this person's like someone I kind of like don't want to be associated with. It's kind of like a, like it's kind of a, it's, I don't know, it's kind of like a train wreck. Have you ever had that experience too? Because I feel like there's a fine line Right. Where like, I think you do. And that's why I like that you called it a backstory, because to me, it's like, and then I finally arrived at somewhere where I'm competent at something. And I do believe that trust is a combination of realness and transparency about your struggles and the things that you have been through. And at the same time, showing a level of competency now, right? Yeah. And so, and I think we're always working on ourselves, right? Like, I mean, I, I'm sure I, there's a struggle that I'm going through right now. I don't know what that is, but I'm sure there is one that like, maybe I'll be ready to talk about in a year or two, you know? So I think there's, it, it always evolves, but what do you do about we, you know, what do you do about, and we had someone who's like kind of an acquaintance of ours really going through like a really hard time a couple of months ago and was like texting a bunch of us and like, and it was kind of almost like you just like didn't know what to make of it because you're like, this person's really in the middle of it right now. And it's kind of like, it's that feeling of almost like a cry for help even, you know, Mm -hmm. and that, do you know what I'm saying? Where we kind of see some of that stuff and it's like, it doesn't instill trust. It instills like a level of like, oh yeah. Cringe. I, yes. Yeah. I I think this is the, this is the thing we're worried about, right? This is the thing we're worried about when we do share. I think part of sharing depends on what's your goal and where are you, like, what are you talking about as far as what are you using social media for? If you're not a business, then I guess you can do whatever you want and let people think whatever they want. But for instance, if Jill and I were Facebook ads experts, it probably wouldn't be that relevant to share our relationship experience. But since we do talk about 
communication, since we do talk about uh, honesty, since we do talk about things that are relevant to what happened in our relationship, it makes sense that we share what we went through. Now, in the middle of it, it really didn't because we hadn't come up with these lessons and we hadn't really... Um, like wrapped our minds around or maybe even verbalized our, our philosophy around honesty and communication because we were kind of just being confronted with it at the time. However, if I want to be seen as an expert in Facebook ads, maybe I do share the story of like how I fucked up a client's Facebook ads and I spent like $1,000 and we got nothing out of it and I really, really messed up. And now I'm able to, you know, work with clients and who spend $300,000 a month and I can trust the budget and I know how to test and I know how to do this because I messed up the first time I started doing it. So I think it really matters on if you're, if you're using Facebook or Instagram or social media for business, that your struggle stories are relevant to the audience who's listening. And, and if, if not, then you have a separate place. So maybe like my Instagram is I'm talking about Facebook ads and my Facebook is where I just vomit all of my stuff about my ex, but I hope I have a private account and it's only a few people who see that and it's not like my future potential clients because my future potential clients who might have a $300,000 a month ads budget probably are going to go, dang, this girl's crazy. She's posting about her ex. I'm not going to spend that money with her. So you do have to be mindful. It's not about spilling it all out. It's what's relevant to mm. what you're going through and what you're talking about and how you're trying to show up. Absolutely you know, message your friends and your counselor about all the shit going on. But the internet is not your counselor. And the internet is not there to like vent uh, about some relationship problems you're having. Mm -hmm. But but I think for us, it was more relevant because of what we talk about. There are certain things that just aren't as relevant. And I wouldn't be talking about them. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it's so true. Just thinking about like, what's the lane? Like, where, mm -hmm. what is the lane that I'm in? And like, is this relevant for what I'm for where I'm going and what I want to achieve? Or is it just like me, like just dumping? Right? Is it just like I'm mm -hmm. using Facebook as like a dear diary? And I'll never forget. And I think when we talk about personal brands, because when someone says like, oh, Danny and Jill, you're so authentic, or you guys are so real, you know, it's even in our bio on our Instagram is like real raw. And like sometimes, what does it say? Sometimes informative. Sometimes insightful. So, sometimes insightful. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I'll never forget. It was years ago. Gosh, this must have been like maybe 2012, 2013. I was at a conference and Marie Forleo was speaking and she's, you know, sort of like the, the top dog internet business female out there. And at the time, um, she gave a talk on like personal branding and she said, you have to draw a line in the sand. And she was like, because, and we kind of know this, we've talked about this a little bit. You have to, if you try to be for everyone, you end up being for no one. But I think there is a level of courage, right? And slash vulnerability that you have to muster in order to have a line in the sand. So the reason why someone can say, Danny, you're so real is because you have had the courage to like say something that can maybe be taken the wrong way, right? Can maybe be misinterpreted or maybe can be a little vulnerable or a little um, scary to share. And I think when you see someone share something that is a little scary to share, that's when someone goes, wow, she's so real. She's so, and to me, that's why I equate vulnerability in that capacity with courage. Because I'm like, so many people just don't, right? So many people are trying to make sure everyone's okay in their audience and everyone likes them every second that they never draw a line in the sand. So part of being a personal brand is your audience or people listening to you or reading your stuff, knowing where you stand on certain things. And when you share something vulnerably about as something that historically is either a taboo subject or something that has historically been hard for most people to share, they see that as real. 
and honest. And there's a compelling, because not many people are willing to do it. You know, courage to me is very uh, rare. You know, so when you see someone share something that's historically hard to share, you go, wow, they're really real. They're really, and to me, there's a confidence there, right? There has to be a confidence there if you share it in that capacity to the world. And you kind of just offer it up to be judged and and for people to have their, their experience of you. And that's really scary, especially for newbies to online, because there's no evidence that people like them yet. So they go, ah, like me and you can kind of talk about it. We're 12 years into this business thing, 13 years. We have now a show of evidence that like sharing stuff vulnerably has paid off in like a business capacity. But for someone who's brand new, they're not sure that it's safe yet. But you have to have that one time, that first time you rip the bandaid off and then see the evidence that like you didn't die and people actually, and it's always those moments. And you know this, you've talked about it quite a bit. It's those moments where you don't want to share and you end up sharing that end up being the most well-received, the most, talk about growth. People are already here, like, how can I grow? I'm like, just share something that's scary to share. Believe me, you get the most DMs, the most engagement on those posts, but we're so scared to do it. And it's so rare. I love that you brought up courage and confidence because I think the misconception too is you have to be confident first to get the courage, but I, I think it's the other way around. I think you have to have courage to do it and you might not be confident at the beginning. I think the confidence is built after getting the courage to do the thing. So there's no way, and some of the things I've shared that I was confident about that. I mean, <laughs> really sweating. We, we did this first this first couple episodes of our podcast. We were crying. We're like, there was no confidence sweating. in that. It just took pure courage and just honestly, just a hope that it would help someone. That was it. And then after it did help people and after we got the... I don't want to say validation, but like the thank yous and the other people sharing who also went through stuff and were like, wow, we're not alone and you're not alone. And like, this is actually okay. Then we've got more confident and going, oh, now I can talk about it. And we can talk about these things a lot easier, but it's not about having the confidence first. You actually just have to have that and not even a lot of courage, just a little bit of courage and maybe just a little bit of like, fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway. Like I'm not even that courageous, but fuck it, I'm going to just do it anyway. Cause I, I feel like almost just, like if I don't do it, I'm going to feel worse than if I do like just a hair. If it's like 51%, if I don't do it, I got it. I'm 49%. Like this is scary. And you just that little extra 1% or 2% you push over the edge. But I think the confidence and courage, the confidence comes really later after you do the thing. It, you don't really become, you don't really be confident first before you do the first <laughs> no. things. No. And I remember, it's funny. I don't remember if you remember your very first like most vulnerable share online. Mine was in yeah. January of 2020, uh, 2011. And Jill Fit had been a blog for like three months. And up until that point, I was doing very like benign posts. It was like a recipe or a workout or like, you know, it was just, it was fine. It was great. Like content. But I remember having like a bad day. It was January, 2020, uh, 2011. I was going through some stuff in my, my relationship. And I remember posting and I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to, and the post is actually called my name is Jill or hi, my name is Jill or something like that. And I, I read it like two months ago. Cause I remember being like, this was so hard for me to share. It was basically, it was basically saying, you know, I don't have it all together. That was the, the entire post is like, I don't have it all together. You mm -hmm. know, I still struggle with stuff. And I went back, read it like two months ago and y'all, it wasn't even that fucking like <laughs> vulnerable. I don't even know what I was even saying in the post, but it was also the most well-received post up until mm -hmm. that point. So I had three mm -hmm. months of other blogs that were just like nuts and bolts about fitness and nutrition. This one was the one where people are like, finally a little 
pulling back of the curtain, right? And then for like, and, and since then, obviously, it's been like way more shares and way more scary stuff. But I was like, I wonder what's in that blog. And I went back and read it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't even know what I, I want to say anything in this. So I do think that you almost put, you continue pushing the envelope. Yeah. But to Danny's point, you start with something really small, but feels really big to you. And then over time, you start pulling back and pulling back until it's been a decade and people are like, you're one of the most real people I know. But you don't start out that way. And so yeah. I love that you said that. <laughs> well, I, I remember my specific too, and I was going to try to scroll back and see the date. I know it was a video I made about, uh, it says 10 years ago. So metabolic damage and why I'm pissed off. And it was four minute. I just talked straight into the camera about what was going on with my body and the fitness industry and how I felt like we were being lied to and and the like bikini building, bikini bodybuilding and physique competitions were kind of hurting people. And I was terrified of being ostracized by this organization. And I thought my my career and I just makes me laugh. I was like, <laughs> what kind of career did I have? But I thought my career would be over. And I took this video and I edited it, posted it, and I slammed my laptop shut and I ran to my room and bawled. And I still to this day in that old email account had like 200 people respond and message and say, oh my gosh, thank you for sharing this. And probably I'm going to have to watch it after we get off this. I'm sure it's so stupid, but it felt so hard and so heavy. And like to your point, you just, you do it over and over and over and each level gets it doesn't get easier. You just get stronger. It's kind of like doing reps in the gym. I remember my clients used to go, when is this going to get easy? I go, it never gets easy. I just give you more weight. As soon as it gets easy, I make it heavy. I make it harder again. So this, it's just getting reps out there. It's just building resilience. It's building a muscle. It's not necessarily going to get easier, but you will get more confident. You will get more confident in every other area. Every time you share something that's more vulnerable than the last time, it's not going to get easier necessarily to share, but you're going to have an you're going to have evidence that you didn't die. You're going to know that you're going to help someone and you are going to be able to handle whatever the maybe fallout will be. But you know, most likely people are going to be reaching out saying thank you. And that's really been my experience is those scary times of going, I know it's going to help somebody. And if it doesn't help anybody, it will actually help me because what you, you said earlier, something about sharing is cathartic. It's mm -hmm. healing. That's what's why therapy works for people. It's when you're just talking about it, just talking about a thing tends to help. It tends to help you heal. And so if you're talking about it publicly, even if it doesn't help anyone else, which I don't know how it could not, but it will help you and it builds your confidence. So if you're do not doing it for anyone else, you can do it for yourself to help heal yourself, to get the confidence, to get the practice and all of that, all those reps make you stronger over time, just like the weights. It's the reps that are going to make you stronger. Yep. No, it's so true. And I, I know I would love to hear like what that video says. That's so good. <laughs> you know, uh, back to like the, this concept of authenticity, um, to me, someone who is, who has the courage to show up and really reveal and pull back the curtain on like who they are, they tend to be confident in what their strengths are. And they're also confident knowing what their weaknesses are. And they've made peace with those weaknesses. So some of the things I think of, and actually when I wrote the post, I was thinking about you and I was thinking about uh, my brother, Danny. And I was thinking a little bit about myself too, thinking this idea that 
um, people who are confident in who they are, right? They know themselves well, they're confident in who they are. They don't get offended easily. They're able to laugh at themselves, right? They're not like super sensitive. I always say that one of your best qualities is like, as my best friend is like, I can literally like troll you right to your face and you just fucking know it's true and you laugh because you just know that about yourself. Like, and, and same thing with you guys do to me because I know my shortcomings and I'm fine with them versus if I wasn't confident and I didn't know myself, if someone teased me about how messy I am or my fucking car or whatever, I would get pissed, right? But now I'm like, yeah, that's just me, right? And so when you know yourself and you're truly uh, embodying, right, authenticity, you're fine with that because you also know the truth. Now, if someone teases me about something that I don't believe is true about me, that's when I start to get pissed, right? But so that's the thing is like when you know yourself, you know your strengths, and you know your weaknesses. But if someone is like, Jill, you're, I don't know if they said something, I don't know, something that I pride myself in and they mm. like teasing me about it, then I would be like, like when Keith is like, teases me about not working hard. I'm like, motherfucker, you don't even know. You don't even understand what I do, right? So I start, I kind of get pissed a little bit with that. But I'm also like, he doesn't, he doesn't know what we do. He doesn't understand our business, whatever. And so it's things like that. But I think people who are confident are able to laugh at themselves. They don't take everything personally. They are like, they're not super sensitive. They're at peace with who they are. They also like know what they bring to the table and they're confident just like sitting quietly in that knowledge. Um, and I do think this all gets easier as you get older too, because you just have more experiences in general, right? You've just, you've just seen more things. You've had more experiences. You've survived more things you've gotten through and you've, you've built a level of self-trust that it's not that your ego just isn't that fragile anymore. You know, if you think about perfectionism, that's really ego. If you think about it, like I need to be perfect because if I'm not, that means something about my worth. That means something about who I am in the world. And when you realize that like, not only are you not perfect, but, but no one is, then you're just like, oh, okay. Like I'm actually good with this. And it's, and you just have enough experiences to realize that no one is perfect. And we're all just out here doing our best. Yeah, I don't know if this is if it's an age and maturity thing or if this is just a personality trait, but I feel like I did used to get a lot more upset if I wasn't good at everything. And maybe <laughs> that's like I said, I don't know if that's a personality trait, but it it did used to get me upset when if somebody said I was not good at something and like legitimately things that I wasn't the best at, like I'm not, oh, I don't a, mind. Yeah. like I'm not a fast runner, but I was, you know, I, tr I felt like I needed to be the best at every single thing. I need to be the best at business and fitness and writing a book and speaking. And like, there are certain things now I'm like, no, like tech isn't, I'm okay at tech. And I figured a lot of shit out over the years, but that's not my strongest point. Uh, running, speed, no. I'm <laughs> slow as hell. Like I run a 15-minute mile or something. I could walk faster than I run. I mean, there's a lot of things. So it's like I don't care. I'm confident about that because I know that I'm not good at it and I'm okay with that. But I think it's this, the part when you are feel like you somehow need to be good at everything and you're not <laughs> and someone offends you. And it's like, just accept that that's not where everyone's meant to be. Like stay, stay in your lane. And I, like I said, I don't know if that's a personality thing of maybe when I was younger of needing to be perfectionistic or I've grown out of it or I don't know. Is it a personality flaw I, or? Yeah. Or no, I age? think it's a young, I think it's a young person's thing. I saw yeah. this, um, I actually saw this video from Gary Vee this morning and he was just like, y'all are spending so much time 
trying to bring up your weaknesses he was like just double down your fucking strengths yeah he was like you you're spending so much time trying to be good at something that like or trying to prove yourself in certain ways and like you just don't need to like and i've gotten to that point too where i'm just like i'm totally fine recognizing my flaws and also being fine with those and just being like that's not for me like in this life that's not for me you're, you're just not, you're never gonna run you're never gonna win the boston marathon right like it's just like i'm never going to be the you know like whatever you just are you're comfortable with the things you're not good at and i remember i've said this a couple of times with mark manson i love this quote he said the most confident people are secure in what they don't have mm. and at the end of the day like it's just impossible to be good at everything in fact if you want to be really good at one thing you have to be bad at a bunch of other shit. And so, you know, if you think about it from that perspective, it's really a productivity tool. It's like, cause yeah. if you try and be good at everything, you're gonna be good at, you're gonna be just mediocre at a bunch of shit and you're not gonna have the level of success you want. At least for me, that's how I think about it from a business perspective. I wish I learned that earlier. And I wish I learned that delegating and hiring out is not a weakness. I think that was kind of a conditioned thing. You know, like my parents would try to fig figure out how to fix everything to save money. Like, my dad fixed the car or figure it out. Like, don't take it to a mechanic. And, you know, we're going to lay our own tiles instead of hiring someone to do that. And I think I was raised in this mentality of like, figure it out. But that's not always the, it's not, not, not always. It's not the best use of your time and talents when I could do something else, when I could, I don't know, even trade. That was something that I did start to learn as I got into training. I got, I was able to start trading people, like training for whatever else, something I wasn't good at. Um, but at some point, you can't necessarily trade your time away for everything either. But I, I really wish I had learned that hiring and delegating was not a weakness. And that's something I would have started way, way, way earlier and not been so like adamant about learning how to do something myself. Yeah, it's funny. I actually, I'm glad you said that because a couple of people have said to me recently, like, well, I don't want to do Facebook ads because that means my content's not good enough. And I'm like, what? Mm. Like they think it's cheating. Yeah. They're like, ah, yeah. like ads are cheating. And I was like, if, if my content was better, then I'd be getting more traction. I'm like, have really good content and use ads. <laughs> like they're not mutually exclusive. Like do both. It's been, that's been really interesting. And I, I agree with you. I think sometimes we think it's like a shortcut or it's like it's cheating or I need, just need to be better when I'm just like, no, be good, be really good. And then also add this thing on top of it. So yeah, I agree with you. When it comes to business, it's fine just admitting either things you're not good at or just things you just don't want to spend your time doing. You could do those things, but you just, you know, it's not the best use of your time. And that's where we have this conversation about like, what's your zone of genius? And the authenticity piece is then knowing what is not your zone of genius and allowing mm -hmm. for either someone else to do that or for you, it's just to not get done, you know, at the end of the day, like my car is never going to be clean. This is not ever going to happen. And you know, there was a time in my life where I would either fight someone if they said it was unclean, right? I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, or, yeah. or, and I would never certainly share it on a podcast with 50,000 people listening to it. I would definitely not share that. But it's like, it just is what it is. And you, and you grow and you become confident in things you're good at. So it almost is a concession. It's almost like you're allowed to then say you're bad at other shit. Yes. And I can attest to your car. Hey, your new, your newer car is great. <laughs> it hasn't been so bad yet. It hasn't been so bad. Keith has taken it to the car wash a few times. So. I mean, there is a box in the back seat the last couple of times. There's always a huge box in the back seat. I don't even know what it is. It's been in there for six months. I'm like, I don't know when that was even in there from what. There'll always just be a massive box in the back seat. I love it. It's in oh, shit. <laughs> There's just a box. <laughs> 
But you know, it's funny because you say that because some people on social media have been like, oh, when you talk about how you never have your nails looking good, it like makes me feel better about my nails. I'm like, yeah, yeah dude, their these shits are looking terrible. But like, oh whatever, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? We ain't, nope. There's not enough time to get everything done anyway. Like there's you not. do, you do have to figure out what you want. You can. And you know, this is also something that I learned from my mom and not necessarily the good way, but she would make time to clean everything. She was very OCD about everything being clean all the time, but she felt a lot of resentment towards like, mm. she didn't really have a lot of purpose or other things that she wanted to do. And I think she spent so much time, um, you know, making sure everything was perfect and clean and had a clean house and had a clean car. But it's like, at what, what is the loss that you have there? Like, what are, yeah. what are you losing on? What totally are, not making sense. And that's where what you have missing to like out notice. On? Yeah. And that's where you have to notice your emotions, right? Am I, am I being resentful? Right. Cause I'm trying to do it all. You know, I don't know, like, or am I having anxiety that I can't be perfect every second? And I think you have to get to that point to realize that. And if you didn't realize that before, we're giving you permission <laughs> yes. to not be good at everything. It's totally fine. It is what it there is. And I think the most authentic people are just compelling, right? There's there's a magneticism about someone who's authentic. We want to be around them because it's almost because they don't need your affirmation, right? They yeah. have enough affirmation. It's like when someone's authentic and they're just like confident and they're, they know themselves, there's something so magnetic about that. We want to be around someone like that. And so that's sort of where all this conversation came from. There's utility in knowing yourself. There's an utility in um, uh, admitting that you don't know everything, that you're not good at everything. There's something just really attractive about someone who can sit in that. And it's also honest. You know what you're going to get from someone. You trust them more to your, like coming full circle of this conversation. You definitely trust them more. So yep, that's all I got. I love it. If y'all want to build trust, share some of the th struggles. Yep. That's really, that's really a big, a lesson and takeaway. And it doesn't have to be that difficult. So don't have to share all the big things. You don't have to share uh, your dirty laundry on the social media, but maybe share, maybe in the thing you are an expert in, share the struggle on how you became the expert there. And that always helps people actually see you more, more of an expert than not. So love it. Anyway, love y'all. Uh, if you can leave us a review, we would love it. Uh, just go to the podcast episode, scroll down to the bottom. There's a little spot where there's a bunch of stars. Click the five stars. And if you could take like, 10 to 15 seconds to type a little bit of something about us uh, we really appreciate it so it can help other people find the podcast love it thank you guys for listening thank you for your time and attention as usual and we will see you on the next episode bye guys bye, bye.